podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A game, a real one. Is this a giant step towards the 30 several points target that we need and some real positivity with an eye towards a brighter new Premier League season to come? Or is this all just a sweet dream? Nope, I keep rubbing those eyes and blinking and it seems I am awake. History was made. We hosted the first ever live televised 3pm top flight league fixture played on a Saturday. In Arsenal, we completed the double over a top side for the very first time, taking us to five games without defeat against them. It was also the first double inflicted by either by or on Albion this season. And it was the first time we've come from behind to win a Premier League game this season, apart from Everton. Um, certainly the first one from 1-0 down this season. And I, I think it's the first time we've come from behind to win after conceding the first goal at the Amex in the Premier League in general. Um, finally, it was mine and Robin's first Zoom match, and I'm sure it won't be my, mine or his last. In other news, the results, well, they all went our way, didn't they? And even Peter's new locals, Charlton, got back to winning ways. Oh, and everyone's favourites, Leeds and Middlesbrough lost too, as if it couldn't get any better. Some smiling <laughs> nods going on in the background here. Because joining me is, as usual, South London's finest now, Peter Marsh. Hello, Peter. Hey, Russ. Good intro. I would question your uh, your sign of Arsenal being a top team, though. That would be my... <laughs> oh, the first dig is in already. <laughs> Lovely jubbly. Tenth um, place does not make you a top team. <laughs> well, you know, formally, back in a previous life. If Burn- um, Burnley beat Man City tonight, they're bottom half. What a shame. Yeah, After exactly. all their uh, behaviour at the weekend. So that could be good. Um, well, as I've already mentioned, we've also got Robin joining us briefly. He wasn't going to be with us, but he has been unable to resist the urge to, given the <laughs> momentous occasion that is this win. Hello, Robin. Hi, guys. And we've got a fourth person with us as well, making not our debut, but a long-awaited reappearance. It is Alison Nicole, West London's finest. How are you, Alison? <laughs> I'm good, yes. Yeah, my first appearance since um, that late night appearance after the West Ham game, so where I was somewhat worse, worse for wear. Yeah, we'd had a few drinks, haven't we, that time? <laughs> we were celebrating in a different way, though. We'd come back from two goals behind to get a valuable and, well, at the time, unexpected point against West Ham. But this time, we've been Arsenal. We've done the double. Fantastic. 
Um, guys, I don't know where to start with this, really. I, I guess really with the build-up, let's just talk about that first of all. We had a podcast preview with some Arsenal fans on Thursday in which they all predicted, even though they were fairly negative about their team, they all predicted that they would win, uh, <laughs> which uh, clearly wasn't to be the case. Um, after that, though, in the build-up, what did you guys get up to? What, um, how, how was match day for you before the game to start with? Bizarre. Um, oh, go on. Yep. Same. Bizarre. Uh, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that um, you could actually normally when you go to a game Saturday just get written off, isn't it? Like the mm, travel, yeah. the build up. Whereas this, you could actually get quite a lot done, and then at five to three, try and get a Zoom thing to work, which obviously took a few attempts. But yeah, it was quite nice actually being able to drink in your seat, <laughs> as it were, whilst you're watching the game. Um, yeah, it was quite nice. I think. The other thing is, I think if the result had gone against us, it obviously has the same effect, doesn't it? Because you're, you're effectively there's no no journey back to London or wherever it is. You can kind of annoying, you know, annoyed, turn off the laptop and you're sort of already back. So and that was weird experience, but I quite liked it. No, you're right. I was going to say I was sort of doing a bit of gardening, a bit of housework. Yeah, making generally better use of a Saturday than I normally do. Yeah. Yeah, it's cheaper, and um, well, it was just as joyful because of the result, wasn't it? But on Peter, the other hand, you? if you, I think if you lose, you don't have the kind of like getting over it by chatting for hours in a pub afterwards and that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, so it's not bad. quite the same that's in that point. sense. But yeah, you yeah, wouldn't I really mean, have the excuse to have about fifteen beers, would you? Really, which <laughs> is sitting at home. It yeah, we just laughed. But I was, it's funny. I was talking about it with um, my fiance and my flatmate earlier. It's like it actually ridiculously improved my mood. The whole football. It's like. Yeah, you remember is, yeah. how much it impacts your weekend. Mm. I felt better on Sunday morning than I've done a whole of lockdown after Brighton had <laughs> won because eleven or what sixteen men in the end had done something on a pitch that I had no influence over. And it's yeah. ridiculous what impact football has on your life. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was interesting that people that had mentioned ahead of this that they were worried that they might be losing interest in the football during lockdown. After that, suddenly mm. we're like fully engaged again yeah. which is you know good to see I don't know what a 95th minute goal can do for you mm. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it was uh, I, I, exactly the same as you Peter just felt in such a buzzing mood just woke up with a smile just you know that that casual arrogant yawn in the morning ah yeah. yes it was like we're back not back to normal but back think football's back and I actually yeah. felt so much better than I thought I could possibly do obviously by this by you know not quite this time tomorrow. I'll probably be like, oh my God, we're three down at Leicester. It's like, what's going on here? Why have I bothered? No, no. You, but your negativity, Peter, always. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, Robin, you're always so positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, the bizarre, the, the thing that's mad for me, which is what we mentioned on the preview show, is obviously I'm of, Peter and I are similar of the age of where when the Premier League was the first time I was really watching football from the early 90s mm. onwards. And I think I referenced it on the WhatsApp group the other day. When Arsenal won the double in 1997-98, we finished 91st out of 92 in the Football League with 35 points. Yeah, it's funny that That's Arsenal a... fans didn't respond to that on the uh, group I know, for the uh, podcast I mean, last a... week. Bizarre. <laughs> as a single kind of statistic, the fact that in however many years since then, you know, 20-odd years since then, mm. We've gone from 91st in the Football League to doing the double over them in the Premier League. Is, you know, as a snapshot, yeah. it, that's just wild. Well, really. I, I, growing up in North London, I grew up obviously with a lot of Arsenal fans around, a lot of whom had Barnet as their second team. And at that point, Barnet were a lot better than us as well. So, 
and Barnet were my second team as well, to be fair. But they were significantly better than Brighton at that point. Right in the playoffs, when we were like second bottom, and we a draw with the Barnet would be a really good result, let alone beating Arsenal. And yeah, I've, the thing I've been most interested in this week has been how Arsenal fans are shocked at losing to us when they've literally not beaten us in the last five attempts now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're we're, got, we're like a bogey team to them in a way, and yet they're still shocked that they lose to us every time. Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of Arsenal mates, and uh, as you heard, three of them on Thursday. But I mean, generally they're reasonable guys, but there is a a whiff of entitlement from a large section of the Arsenal fan base. I wouldn't necessarily... Well, watch Arsenal TV, fan TV. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the way they treated Wenger after all the years he'd been in, you know, done all he'd done for that club. And it, he'd seen them real. through the, the money, the limited resources after the new ground and that sort of thing. And they yeah. treated him appallingly after, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's car crash stuff. It's, I mean, Twitter was in meltdown as usual. And, and I think, I can't remember who it was, one of, one of you guys linked in um, the uh, teams like Brighton. Um, Oh, that was me. That was, yeah. that was you, isn't it, Robin? Yeah, the search thing. And Hello. you know, it's it's amazing how many people have used that. Line. Yeah, and we have the other beating teams like Brighton. We've not beaten in the last five games. Yeah, it should be teams like Arsenal well. now, shouldn't it? But the, yeah, the thing that got was... me was if you read on their forum, there were quite a lot of people on their forum claiming that that us doing the double over them was the darkest day in their club's history. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Darkest, the darkest hour. Yeah, which I mean, as a sense of if that's really your uh, talk about sort of entitlement and sort of a failure to grasp what the world of football is actually like. Yeah. If a team five places moment, below you in the league doing double over you is your, it's literally your darkest day. Then that is like, yeah, it's just nonsense. Yeah. It's it, the worst really? time they've had since they basically conned their way out of not getting relegated in like 1920s or whatever it was. But actually they, the lot, it was what people said, but when we denied them the top four, that was allegedly the darkest day in their history as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could tell from Matthew, one of, one of the guys we had on on Thursday, but we are really are a bit of a bugbear for for them, you know, and we've fast developed into a bogey team. Um, I love that the fact that we'd ever be a bogey team to Arsenal is hilarious. I know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving every minute of that. I have and to the way that. it happened as well with Mope after all that happened oh, in yeah, the goal scorer yeah. in the 95th minute when it was supposed to be only three minutes mm. of injury time as well. You could literally yeah, yeah. could not have written it better. It was hilarious and oh, also yeah. very very happy. I mean, the only thing that could have been better with that, obviously, is the obvious statement of if we were at the game. Because if you're at a game when there's a last-minute yeah. winner like that, there's always something mm. special. It happens rarely enough as it is. Yeah, it's and typical it's our first injury-time winner, really, is like when we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. In the Premier and, League. In the Premier our, League, obviously. Our first, our first win of 2020, yeah. and we're not actually there to see it. So it's, uh... Yeah. yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't there for our last win of 2019 either. So Arsenal was the last game <laughs> I went to, the last win I saw. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was brilliant stuff. I loved it. We did the Zoom thing. There was, um, I think, there was eight of us, wasn't there, Robin, on our Zoom chat. Plus, my yeah. phone was guesting secondarily to uh, to show the screen so that we didn't have to use the uh, the links where people were about forty five seconds behind us. So we had two or yeah, three people. Yeah, that was people. a weird thing. If you were watching it on the TV, <laughs> you were ahead of the app. Yeah, which is a bit bizarre. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah, was... so eventually we were watching on rasters. TV, which worked absolutely fine. I, I was yeah, watching with a Chelsea mate that. who was about a minute behind me, so I was basically describing what happened. <laughs> he obviously was less bothered because he's a Chelsea fan, but he was like, but he was, uh, yeah, he was less bothered about what happened. But I then watched Chelsea beat Villa with him yesterday, which is a very uh, obviously really good as well. So, yeah. 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 So that was, that was, that was fun. I mean, where did you see it, Alison? Were you just watching at home? Um, funnily enough, just in my living room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing more exciting than that, but I still, you know, celebrated quite loudly when that yeah. goal went in. 
I think my whole street knew that I was a Brighton fan. <laughs> yeah, <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The neighbour neighbour probably was wondering what was going on in my in my house. Yeah, I got some complaints from the wife immediately as soon as soon as that went in. We went mad. I half a beer in hand at the time as well, so uh, yeah. that could have got messy. As, L- as luckily, well. the only cat in the room at the time was a deaf one, so he was okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get on to the game itself then. Um, so, I mean, I thought personally it started uh, on the back foot. Arsenal looked much the sharper. Obviously, they hit the bar early doors and other opportunities. There was a good block, I think it was from Dunk, wasn't it, early on? And things were looking a bit uh, a bit spicy. So was certainly worried in the early stages. I don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were second, definitely second best. And Arsenal, having had that game earlier in the week, um, albeit they got comfortably beaten, I wondered if the match sharpness that they might have developed from that was the, was going to be the telling difference. Um, but it wasn't. Um, we rode our way out of that and got ourselves up to uh, the half time. When well, a little bit before that, um, the incident, the first big incident of the game, which was turned out to be one of the biggest talking points, uh, Neil Warpe and their goalie Bert Leno. Um, what's your takes on that? I mean, Robin, first of all, any um, any possible argument that um, there was any wrongdoing there? Because from what I've heard from every Brighton fan I've spoken to, there was nothing wrong with it. Every Arsenal fan, there was something wrong with it, and every neutral, s- there was nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I can see. If that was the other way, if that had been Aubameyang on Matt Ryan, I can see a tiny sliver of an argument to say that perhaps he did, he didn't necessarily need to make contact. But his his argument was that he is the type of player who is like that. He plays the referee's whistle. He's going to challenge for every ball. I think hmm. the more of the issue is that Leno was trying unnaturally hard to not go out of the box. And that has what has caused his body to be in a very unnatural position. Mm. And is that to me that that's the bigger issue is that obviously he was trying to make sure he didn't take the ball out of the box, and that's that's caused him um, the injury. Obviously, Arsenal fans are ignoring the fact that Shilotto was assaulted <laughs> in the game last season. He was knocked unconscious, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. But also, uh, Lacazette right. on Ryan, I thought was a worse tackle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a much nastier challenge than it just happened that Ryan was fine, whereas. Yeah. No, no, wasn't. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, just one of those freak things, similar to the the Reese one, isn't it? Just a, a freak yeah. incident, mm. really. Yeah, which I saw some bizarre, like some comment from Tottenham fans, like lauding Mope, and and an Arsenal fan going like, "But he attacked like Lloris. It's like, no, he didn't. He, he didn't go anywhere, anywhere near Lloris. He just stood there and headed the ball in once he dropped it. Yeah, he was the nearest <laughs> player to yeah. him, but he was still yards away. He was like miles yeah. away from him. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was very odd, wasn't it? And, and Alison, would you say the same? Do you think no, no real wrongdoing there from your view? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think there was any intention to yeah. hurt him, no. I, I yeah. think what the referee did was right. The free kick was right. I think probably he did, as yeah, Robin said, he probably didn't need to quite jump into him. It was a free kick. Anything else is just literally injury. But, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if that challenge happens in the middle of the box, then Leno probably goes down normally with the ball. It's just the fact that it was right on the edge. He's obviously yeah. tried to sort of keep his body in. But even, I mean, you'd expect that, even taking that into account, it's still a freak yeah. accident. You'd yeah. expect him to sort of land a bit more naturally than that. Well, that, um, that's the yeah. thing. You can't, you can't judge um, the foul on the seriousness of the injury by the seriousness. Unless you're Mike Dean. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Any particular incident you're thinking of there, Robin? 
no, no. Did you see Mike Dean with beard this weekend? He was like, uh, refereeing one of the games, he's got like a beard. I know. Oh. I am. Um, I do like Mike Dean now. I've come around to that way of thinking. So, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, Alison. I just had to get that. In. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no. As, as I said, it seems that every Brighton fan thinks that there was nothing untoward, or, or certainly not excessively so. As I said, every Arsenal fan seems to have the exact opposite view. And the neutrals, from what I've heard, I mean, certainly Peter Crouch and um, who else was at BT? I can't remember. Now. Yeah, Ferdinand. Not Jake oh, yeah, Humphrey, Ferdinand. though. The guy yeah, uh, who tweeted last year saying that the, the league should be really happy that Norwich are going up and Brighton may not go may go down. Well, the, because... the league is really happy that Norwich have come up yeah. mainly because we're all getting points off them. Exactly. <laughs> Norwich, you score like twenty five goals all season, like that twenty one goals, or something ridiculous. Yeah. I think like that's that. that's definitely backfired tweets. That, that's what progressive it, attacking football brings you: twenty one goals all season. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, being that's, able to that's defend, what, but... I think he was being contrary, to, wasn't he? Just to try and smart debate, but it, but the two pros thought it was. But he uh, called Mope probably... cowardly, which is like genuinely pathetic. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like, not cowardly, is it? Ridiculous. Cowardly is being... if... I mean, cowardly is if he's... It, like, generally, if a player steams into someone and makes a tackle from behind or stamps on their ankle or something like yeah. that, that's cowardly. If you've yeah. gone up for a genuine, effectively 50-50 challenge, yeah. you've not even gone in. It's not like he led with his elbow yeah. or I saw, anything I saw like a he's... photo on Twitter earlier which basically showed Mope literally just looking at the ball, not even looking at Leno, Going for hmm. the ball, and it's like he had no intention of injuring him. As you say, any other place in the area, he'd have just gone down naturally. But because hmm. he I kind mean, of weirdly fell in a, a very unnatural position, it was like it's yeah, a freak it's just weird. And Mope's what five foot four, five foot five <laughs> against the keeper. Who's, it's not exactly a physical mismatch, is yeah. it? In, in Mope's I mean, favour. The thing for me was, I mean, first of all, he's entitled to go for the ball. It was it was nothing even slightly out of the ordinary in that regard. You put put a bit of pressure on. You just See if you force a mistake by chance. Maybe he steps out of the area, that sort of thing, if it's in that yeah. part of the party area. Beyond that, you're, just, you're not doing anything more than that. Yeah. Pay actually, in his interview, did say he was just seeing if, just if he managed to get to the ball. That's what he said. Um, and, I mean, the, um, the commentary from Match of the Day, Jonathan Pierce at the time, then live play, said oh, there's nothing in that. Um, the feedback afterwards from the others, it was um, Ian Wright, wasn't it? And, um, again, Shearer. Cheer, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I think <laughs> yeah. I think if if Leno hadn't pointed the finger, I don't yeah. think it would really have kicked off because the rest of the Arsenal players seemed at the time no one was particularly. I mean, obviously yeah. there were a few odd fingers being pointed, but there was no one particularly being aggressive about it. It was only really when Leno actually started to mm. sort of gesticulate at him that other players then, well, Gendouzi basically. Everyone else seemed to be fairly, yeah. fairly sort of sanguine about it. I mean, there was there was. I think Which also makes you who... wonder as well, the fact that he decided to get up on a stretcher, kind of half get up and kind of like do oh, that, yes. yeah, it suggests yes. that you can't be in that much pain then if your first thought is to go and point the finger yeah. at someone, rather than yeah. actually just lie there, which is what most players do well, on a stretcher when they're that badly injured. That was yeah. funny, when he um, sat up and yeah, had yeah. a few words like, as he left the pitch. I'm sure I will so... get slated by Arsenal fans for that, but it's like, you know, if you're that badly hurt, you do not like suddenly rear up and go point at someone yeah. aggressively. And I mean, it sparked the uh, meme, of course, where, or freeze frame caption where people were saying, "Oh, point at who you think is going to score a 95th minute winner," uh, which yeah. I was quite amusing later on, quite amongst others. But I mean, we'll, we'll get onto that in a, in a bit. But I, think, um, I do think time, a lot of it all stemmed from, in the end, Arsenal being bad losers. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, that's Gwen Doody's stuff did, and all the stuff around 
and, and the fact that Mope had scored the winner as well. And also a lot of the Arsenal fans as well are not good, not used to losing to, as we were saying earlier, teams mm. like Brighton. And yeah. but that also, it shows a certain immaturity about their squad, doesn't it? That actually they can't, most people you get past that incident, but obviously Genduzi yeah. just couldn't get past it. And yeah, he just I mean, this... fixated it on the whole, you know, for the whole match. He was obviously, Mope was obviously winding him up hmm. as, the, as the game yeah. went. But, yeah. it's, but I mean, this that is shows off the back a level of... of... And he yeah. got the ultimate wind-up at the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, he, he'd apologised at half-time already, so it's not as if he um, showed some sort of, um, yeah. you know, apology or, or some, some kind of... Um... There are very few footballers want to injure another footballer. And it's like, you know, even if exactly. you're not... Even if you're not a fault, you won't be happy about, you know, kind of... I mean, Mopey's yeah. had a couple of bad injuries himself, doesn't he, as well? So, I mean, he's yeah, obviously... he makes mention of that as maybe, well. Yeah. Maybe it's kind of on the back of um, after them losing on, um, on what was it, Wednesday, and then they were kind of targeting our game as well. Okay, yeah. this is where we're going to get... Yeah, and I mean, they played a weaker team against City as well. So, they, they were obviously mm. targeting our game as one to win. I was pretty disappointed with... I'd say that... They, you know, Morpé uses humility at half-time. The second half, the game wears on. There's some, obviously some tetchiness. There's clearly some banter going on between between them and, and wind-ups both ways around, I'm sure. Mm. However, Morpé did say in the post-match interview that um, when Arsenal scored, they were they were being pretty um, verbal, shall we say. Yeah, um, I was and wondering. showing yeah. a lack of class. And you I think, was... well... Yeah, so yeah. wait till the end for that sort of thing, really, is the answer, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. you start gloating before. I mean, I know our record this season when going behind isn't great, but still, at least wait till the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant that we're able, as you said, the end wasn't there yet. It was brilliant that we're able to then go on and um, stuff it to them, really, given the, the, their behaviour. I think they, as he said in the interview, got what they deserved based on that. Lack and of humility, the, I think, was the exact wording. Yeah, lack it? of humility, yeah. That was, yeah. That was a great little, little dig as well. So, so um, I mean, that I bet was he enjoyed the, that. That was the um, Le Petit Chitelles, yeah. as he's now going to be called, I think, um, by, by everyone on social media already. Um, he certainly is a wind-up merchant, and he's certainly the sort of player you love when you've got him. And but he's our wind-up merchant. Exactly. But on this occasion, I think, you know, that, I don't think he yeah. started anything, ironically. No. I'm really actually quite excited about what happened with Mopé next season if we stay up. He, yeah. he looks like he's going to, you know, if he could get like a bit more service, maybe McAllister, maybe one or two others yeah. kind of coming yeah. in. He yeah. looks like I, he's going to score goals at this level. He's like, I like him. He gets his shot so on target. Young. Yeah. His other mm. shot was on target, wasn't it? Um, from the same yeah. end. And um, he, just, he just looks like he's no nonsense. He'll get on with the shot. He'll get it away quickly. Yeah. It's not time. Because, I mean, we'll just going through the match before we get to the, to the winner. And obviously, it was disappointing to go behind when we did. I felt we were riding the way through the game nicely. And it was looking like a draw was now becoming the fair result till they scored. A couple of problems with that. Obviously, Solly didn't get tight enough late on. But showed him inside, allowed him the room to do what he was doing, Pepe, to score the goal, which was disappointing. However, as I'm sure you're already itching to say, Scalotto as well, um, just didn't track back at all. Yeah. He had a chance at the other end. It was a it was a half chance, sort of header thing. Didn't he should have headed it back across goal to, rather than towards goal. Yeah, anyway, it's a tap yeah. in for Trossard, isn't it? Really? Yep. Yeah. But having having done that, fine. Okay, you, you've squandered the chance, whatever. But you've got to then get back into the game because there's a counter attack, and he He's, just didn't. I was literally up. shouting at the TV how he was standing with his head in his hands. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's like yeah. no, no, no. You're you're you you have to defend as well. Get back. <laughs> so that obviously led to that goal. We were all pretty down at that moment, thinking, ah, we've, we've ridden our way through the worst of this, and now, now we've gone behind. However, 
we got our goal. Solly atoning, in fact, um, partly because he had the short corner. Yes, we scored from a short corner as well. That's got to be history as well. I thought he was miles offside when I watched it in real time. Yeah, um, I was. But it was um, Rob Holding was basically standing on the line, hadn't stepped yeah. up. So it's good intention. Yeah, they were saying I mentioned today that the Arsenal's defending was pretty shambolic. That Lacazette didn't come out and yeah, no one came to well. close down March. Yeah. And Holding was just yeah standing on the line, basically yeah. playing March onside. So that allowed March to do a one-two with Trossard, wasn't it? I think yeah. from a position of onside, allowed him to get in towards the box. As you play, as he plays the ball in, you can see that Morpé's trying to do a little tr- tricky little move through through his legs into the goal, to sort of drag into the goal. He gets something of a touch, but not enough. Um, Arsenal were about to clear it, but Dunk closes the space down and block shots it into the goal. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a score, lucky one. Actually, scores yeah. twice because he put it back in properly afterwards. Yeah, 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 I mean, hold, what was Holding doing trying to handball it out of the goal as well? Well, I mean, especially when it was almost hitting the net anyway. By that point, yeah, it's yeah, quite I mean, funny because they were like lauding like the goal system, goal review system's working now, and actually, a Dunk like, put it in hit the back of the net. And, yeah, the first one almost hit the back of the net and was handballed anyway, and the second one did hit the back of the net by the time it actually gave it. So it wasn't like yeah, it worked I think properly. It, I think it actually crossed the line even more than the Aston Villa Sheffield yeah. United goal, yeah, it did, it <laughs> which is saying something. Need it. Yeah. But uh, no, so I mean, we got got back out of jail, and to me, I don't know about you guys, but I felt that um, once we got that equaliser, it, it felt very comfortably attained, and then I felt like we were we were going to be okay for the point. I predicted a one-all draw anyway, and that was what made me nervous because I never get the score right. Um, so I then thought, oh, there may be another goal in this, and it did feel we, comfortable. We looked for all the world, but we settled for a draw. I think. When yeah. um, just after McAllister had come on, they gave the ball back to us, and Ryan yeah. was kind of time wasting picking the ball up. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing actions here because I'm like, I know you, you guys can see, but no one who's listening can. Sure, but, <laughs> yeah. But Ryan was kind of like taking time picking it up as it Lacazette or something was going through and trying to like make him pick it up immediately. And it's yeah. like it looked like for all the world we were time wasting to try and just make sure we won, we got a draw. Yeah. And, and then, this is, I think, is is the thing we're going to get from McAllister which is he's obviously got the confidence and maybe the arrogance, the balls, whatever you want to call it. He's obviously been playing for a team who don't accept a draw. You know, Boca Juniors need to always go for the win. So he's obviously brought that mentality. And, you know, he, he was, he played that pass straight down the middle where actually the safer option may have been to go down the wing, go to the corner, waste a bit more time. It's a bit, yeah. in theory, it's a bit of a risky pass because it's played straight down the middle. If you lose that ball, then potentially there's a counter-attack coming back the other way. Yeah, um, so it shows confidence in his ability. And uh, Yeah, I think that, I mean, that we don't get the win without him coming on, I don't think, so. <laughs> and I just want to, I want to flag Aaron Conley's little touch. Yeah, yeah it's a lovely touch. Really, didn't really get any, any kind of praise or notice because... Yeah, it was a lovely dummy from Mope and a lovely touch from, from Conley. Yeah. It's I mean, a training ground move, I think. It was, yeah, exactly. And when you're watching it, you're thinking, okay, the ball's gone in, it's managed to, to make its way to a Brian player, but you then thought, oh, there'll be a heavy touch, it'll go over the line, or the ball is go a bit wide, we won't be able to get the shot on, on target. But everything just fits it together nicely. It was a delicious touch from Connolly. Um, so Considering the, uh, he's been out for such a long time and he hadn't really, been yeah. on the, he hadn't really done much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, I think uh, was saying, kind of proper... Someone said he had about two, two touches after coming on, or three, and the other yeah. two were terrible. And yeah. then suddenly from nowhere found that brilliant flick. Yeah, because yeah. actually on our Zoom call, after he'd been on the picture about 10 minutes, I actually think I said to you, Russ, has Connolly actually done anything? And that was, mm. that was, <laughs> was like, oh, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, <laughs> I, he has. I, I yeah. think it afterwards, it was like two or three touches, that was it. And yeah, yeah. Dram- the other just, two were terrible. He'd done absolutely nothing, apart from the um, touch uh, for the assist. Robin, can you say that about other players winner. tomorrow? 
<laughs> Definitely, yeah. Jamie uh, Vardy, given my luck at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, last minute, last minute winners are always just wonderful, and I just love it. I mean, I, I, the Zoom call celebration was brilliant. I mean, that that made it really. I think it was enjoyable anyway. But yeah, to, I think the flip the side is I don't think we get the win if there's a crowd in the stadium. Because mm. I think <laughs> the atmosphere, I think the atmosphere Press. would have turned at one nil down. And I think Ooh, we'd maybe. have retreated into ourselves and we wouldn't have gone for it in the same way that yeah. not having the pressure of a crowd there probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, so not ruling out totally, but I think we probably didn't panic. We didn't change our attitude. We didn't change our approach because there's no one in the stands, mm. you know, potentially have. We've seen the atmosphere. Mm. The Amex has turned, yeah. you know, as soon as we go a goal down, the atmosphere tends to take a bit of a, a dive as well. Said- I can't remember if it was Kieran Maguire or Spencer on our pod, or it may even have been one of the Argus guys, but somebody said that we might be um, better without the crowd playing without inhibitions, and um, particularly for the younger players. So I guess you could say Connolly, by extension there, might have benefited from exactly that. Yeah, I mean... And also you think well, tri- Connolly doesn't... That. Yeah, mm. I'm not so sure Connolly necessarily tries that flick with a crowd either. Because if yeah. that goes wrong and, you know, mm. this is the last chance in stoppage time, yeah. he tries or a little if, flick that goes nowhere. Or if he um, does, it doesn't, he do, it doesn't come off. Because he's but yeah, it's the sort of thing that they would do in training when there's no one, yeah. when there's no one around. That's, how, that's yeah. my take on it anyway. It is, it is a, it's up there with that Stoke goal that we scored a couple of years ago, though, in terms of like, the quality, even from proper flick over his shoulder, basically. Yeah, exactly. Keeping to, the ball in play. To McAllister... So, I mean, it's up there in quality with that one that Izquierda scored at Stoke. It's like, it's just yeah, such a, agreed. everything's just so, you know, it's a bit messy up to that point. And then suddenly four touches, basically, or three touches, in effect. Yeah, goal. three touches, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, proper, it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's a rare League actual League. Premier League goal, yeah. We don't yeah. score yeah. many Premier Normally, I mean, you can, things like, like Jahan Batch's one or the ones Izquierda scored the first season are kind of like, you know, it's freaks. You shoot from there. If you shoot enough times, you might get in top corner or whatever, that sort of thing, or... The, back, the overhead kick was ridiculous, but it still was a bit like that. But once a pure team move where you've got like two or three brilliant touches after the other one are all kind of like, yeah, we don't often score that sort of goal. No, and I think the fact that you contrast that with the first one, which was very much a League yeah. 2 style to, like, <laughs> charge down, get a foot in. But we're, much, we're a lot more accustomed to that. Yeah, than, uh, um, we, we, yeah of, a lot of our goals have been from set pieces this season. Speaking of that, um, that equaliser, I think Dunk's now scored against, is it Arsenal... Liverpool and Manchester United yeah, this season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he scored three goals. He's got three assists. He is the highest um, goal um, involvement centre back, I think, in the Premier League this season. Now, a own goal, not got any assists then. If you don't count, okay, yeah, I'll star <laughs> play our own goal. Yeah, so um, a bit different to know, a Liverpool goal though. With, with, yeah. regard, <laughs> with regards to man of the match, I mean, yeah, there's various debates. You could say Ryan. I thought Ryan had an outstanding game. Made some really key saves. Dunk, we've mentioned, obviously got a goal and he had a solid performance, some key blocks, uh, some key passes. And obviously, Basuma uh, was a delight because he managed mm. to keep his, oh, not, not 100%, but he managed to keep his general good form from the annoying pause of lockdown. Um, and up front, you've got Morpe, who just had such an engine on him, considering the lockdown and the match fitness issues that could have been surrounding this. We seem to just keep going. We, we looked fit all the way to the end of the game. I mean, Basuma was blowing, obviously, in the last few minutes. But, but aside from that, I mean, you could, you could have an argument for more pace. So there's four players there that could be man of the match. Did you single anyone out for that? Say, for example, Alison first. Who stood out for you? Or, or is it uh, really a mixture of the four? I was, I, was, I was thinking um, Dunk for me. And that, yeah. um, I'd been mm. 
I was chatting with a mate who was watching the watching the game elsewhere and um hadn't really wasn't really aware of dunk and I was just saying you know mm. like he doesn't always get the sort of full credit that um for just how good he is yeah I think he was marshalling the defense really well in that game as well um Interestingly, I mean, we only had 41% possession. I know it's against Arsenal, so it's not that much of a surprise. But we don't tend to win this season without having um, more than 50%. So um, that's, that's kind of a positive thing, I suppose. In terms of shots, we had nine shots in the match to Arsenal's 13, five on target to their six. So, Which is quite a good percentage for us. Normally, often yeah. we have quite a few shots, but not many on target. In general, and, and obviously it's telling that we were more efficient than they were in front of goal in that regard. And we had decent shots. Moy's shots earlier in the game was a really mm. good effort. That was yeah, Marcel did away. really well with that because he was just come yeah. on to hold mm. on to that when it was like there was quite a few legs it went through and yeah. it, was a, it, was a, fact, it really tested him, I thought. I think the shooting in general in the game wasn't bad at all. I mean, there weren't many powder puff shots or just weak oh. pass it to the goalie type things, were they? I mean, they were... No, Saka hit the bar, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Malpe had that one from relatively close range second half when... Yeah, it was a good save, yeah. And it, yeah, he did well to react to that as well. Yeah. It was quite a good... Ryan saved where, where the ball swelled a lot and he had to, he was caught out of position and managed to change direction. Yeah, that was a great yeah. save. I think that was a really good save. That was yeah, a weird one I... as well because we basically would have given him a penalty away if it hadn't been for the fact that someone was offside. That would yeah, have blatantly been a penalty, penalty if, wasn't it? Yeah. if it wasn't yeah. for offside before that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was, um, we also had 10 corners in the game, which I think is telling about our attacking intent in the match. I think also... Well, none, of them were, none of them, were, except the goal, were that great. Considering no. Gross's normal delivery, there was no real... Hmm. We, I, considering true. A, that, and B, that Arsenal aren't that great in the air defensively, I was disappointed yeah. maybe that we didn't cause more damage from those. Yeah, none play. really actually found a player, did they? Yeah, really, which is why we went for the, the short one probably in the end and then obviously got yeah. a goal from that because it yeah. wasn't really working generally. So who, who was your man of the match, Peter? Would you say uh, Bethuma? I'd say probably. Bithuma, and the yeah. fact that he was like he saw that McAllister would take a would get us an assist, so he was like he, he feigned cramp at the end to get off, and so McAllister could come on was even better. Yeah, exactly. But I, I will add someone to your list actually, someone who maybe has been criticised a lot this season. Who I, was, I think I was saying on Saturday at um, Six London was uh, was Webster, who I thought had a really really good game as well, and mm. did one the, the probably the tackle of the game when Bamyang was about to score. And suddenly he hmm. got across and did a brilliant tackle. And I mean, if he'd missed that, he'd do a penalty and a red card probably. So yeah, I, yeah. I would say yeah. he deserves a mention as well. But I would, I would have given it to Basuma again, as I would have done at Wolves and Sheffield as well. He was, he's been brilliant recently. Yeah. In the last four or five games. Mentioning Seagulls over London. To explain that was we, we had um, a post-match social on Zoom um, with all the Seagulls over London members. Well, not all of them, but um, about 15 <laughs> of us um, all joined up to uh, have a chat and... Uh, to the fact that everyone was buzzing, of course, lots of smiles, and that was really the first of what we'll probably do all the way through uh, the rest of the. Uh, Including the one of our members who was on the uh, the Albion Zoom wall. <laughs> Just going to say, yeah. So Richard Holwerton, who's also been on this on this show in the past, he was yeah he was on the Zoom wall with um, with someone I think it might be his wife. I can't remember now, but um, yeah, he said it was an interesting experience. Of course, you're not allowed to show any branding. I think Robin's. I had to go, by the way, just to let you know. Um, but thanks for joining us, Robin. Oh, I never know and who Robin's man the match was, so you should have gone to him first. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should, but uh, there we go. But yeah, um, yeah, they were talking about you kind of branding, you can't drink, you can't swear, you have to be available for an hour before and all sorts of other things. I've got to say, didn't fancy that for my match experience. Yeah, not drinking, not swearing is not an ideal combination <laughs> from, from my, when I'm watching yeah. football. Yeah, he said he enjoyed it. The, the only issue with, with that was that when Arsenal scored, it went, it cut to the fans. When we equalised, it didn't. So he was saying that um, they cocked up there 
and they got a bit of a redemption by the fact that we happened to score a winner and then they were able to... I, I thought the best one was the guy who was asleep on Zoom when, when we scored. <laughs> was like, oh, I think someone was, yeah. Yeah, there was yeah. some guy who... He may have been looking at his phone, but he was looking definitely looking down and kind yeah. of like... I don't like, know what people were doing. Really, so, why are you that bothered about watching the game that you're going on Zoom? Exactly. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just more... Who was your man in the match for us? Who would you go I think for? I, I went for Basuma at the time. I think it could be any of those four I mentioned, but I, I, I'll stick with Basuma. But quite honestly, perfectly justifiable for any of, yeah. any of um, Morpé, Dunk and Ryan. You could even argue one or two others, possibly. Um, what I would say is that Basuma, he ran himself into the ground there, but he did have, he did have a lot of fitness. I wonder with the game coming so soon afterwards on Tuesday, whether he'll be replaced in that lineup. Um, for the subs bench, maybe not yeah, sure. There's a few, we'll there's a few interesting calls with the squad selection mm. over the next few games because I wonder if if Dunk avoids a booking tomorrow because I think he'll probably play tomorrow. Whether they don't play him against Man U, for example, because of the risk of missing the next two, including <laughs> Norwich, which is obviously a good chance of winning. Do yeah, you leave? Yeah. Do you you know if Dunk has got one game he misses in exchange for guaranteeing he doesn't miss the next two, one mm. of which is probably our most one of our most winnable games rest of the season. Do you yeah. do you leave him out? And give him a That's game true. off, you know. It's like I think tomorrow he'll play, but I wonder if Man United, if he doesn't get booked tomorrow, hmm. whether he he's rested for that just to make sure he's there for Norwich, which is yeah, hopefully yeah. one we should get we'll, a good result we'll, from. We'll finish with a preview of Leicester in a moment, but just just f- finally on the Arsenal match, the um, shenanigans at the end of the game involving going back to Morpé and Guendouzi, shambolic behaviour. Again, it, we were saying about immaturity and bad losers and all the other stuff. But to reignite it at the end, I mean, first of all, just before the end, after we'd scored our winner, Guendouzi does a very incidental little sort of tap on uh, in sort of into the midriff of, um, of Morpé. And Morpé did show ultimate shithousery by <laughs> falling over. Yeah, and that's my one issue with Morpé, actually, that, that yeah. bit. I, I, I would like say that he didn't behave well there. He, yeah, it, I, like I mean, Guendouzi shouldn't have done it, but it's a ridiculous yeah. thing to do to the, dive over. I mean, there is the argument if he doesn't do that, there's, no, there's nothing to play at with unless, unless he does it completely. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but he didn't need to play out there. Like, yeah, I mean, that was our We order. basically won the game at that point. We were barely going to play another 10 <laughs> seconds or 15 yeah. seconds or whatever. Yeah, I was, I was wondering whether the whole behind closed doors thing might mean that the players themselves are hearing more of what each other are saying uh, on the pitch mm. that could lead to yeah. sort of an increase in such incidents yeah. that might normally be blocked out by crowd mm. noise. And On the one hand, yeah, you, interesting, you don't, yeah. get, you don't get the potential influencing by crowds of getting, of winding, of getting the players wound up. But then, as you said, if you're hearing more, especially all the n- little niggly stuff that goes mm. on. It was obviously yeah, happening maybe. after Mopey. Yeah, yeah, sledge- yeah, sledging and stuff going yeah. on on the pitch that you probably wouldn't get when you had a full noisy stadium, perhaps. Yeah, and it yeah, clearly was well going tried, on was yeah. the whole way through. But, but what happened shortly after that incident was that then Guendouzi, again, uh, got involved. He grabbed Mopey just after the final whistle by the neck, quite aggressively, by the throat. And... Um, and that led to another fracas. Other players blocked them off straight away, but the the you know the, the the bickering went on. They kept trying to have a go at each other. A couple of other players got involved. Um, that is totally out of order. And we've heard today, we're recording this Monday evening, that um, no further action is going to be taken. Um, so, Peter, would you like to have your next rant? Because you, you, it was delightful on WhatsApp. Uh, go for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I. I just think that, yeah, if that, that wasn't a top six player, they definitely would have had. I mean, yeah. I'm not that, but I, I was pissed off generally by it. But I mean, we beat Arsenal, so I don't really care that much. Mm. But 
realistically, yes, if that was a Brighton player on an Arsenal player, that would definitely result in a three-match ban. I, I quite like him as a player. So in a way, I'm, I'm not fussed that he's got escaped in a suspension because they're probably playing some players, uh, some teams that we want them to get results against just to be on the safe side. But but yeah, I mean, it's disgraceful. It's one rule for one, one for another. Yeah. If ever you look at what happened in the first season, Hamed got banned for three games. So that thing against... Just going to say that. Yeah. And it was yeah. nothing... He, did, he basically just kind of like trodden the guy because, and then, yeah, on the other hand, the year before Jerry Barton got, or two years before Jerry Barton got away exactly. from stamping on Kyle. It's Which something it even more infuriating. Yeah, yeah it's trial it, by media as well, wasn't it? Graham Seaman yeah. was back on and on about it to the point where they felt, oh, we'd better do something. And, and there was nothing in it at all. As I said, 100% guarantee Morpay gets a ban of probably four games yeah. if he does that. And, you know, it's, it's disgraceful. However, it's a arsehole, but yeah, I mean, Frankly, mm. we won. So I think beating him in the last minute with Mope scoring, Mope scoring was like probably yeah. the best thing anyway. That's the best thing to give to Wenduze. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, far better than any ban he's going to get. The fact that we beat them so late on. As you said, it's one rule for one and one rule for the uh, top, uh, what is it, 10 are we talking now? <laughs> top 10, but only if they're a big club historically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the head-to-head, by the way, according to the website I use for this, um, we've won now five games drawn four and lost 12, which is a bloody good record against Arsenal. Yeah. Well, what's the point? Unbeaten in five. Yeah, exactly. So things are looking good. Uh, the other results all went our way, as I said, at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you know how much of that you saw. I didn't really see much. To be honest, the Villa game was great because I didn't watch any of it. Just caught the results. So I didn't have any of the stress of knowing they got I, I, I watched and... it with my oh, Chelsea supporting mates. Yeah. Yeah, I was mm. I was watching. Yeah, that was you know pretty enjoyable. As that well. minute was quite really good though. That when they when it turned around from Villa winning to suddenly mm. you're losing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it always makes it sweeter. Yeah, yeah. I think I, mean, the, from... I genuinely actually think that what makes me even more optimistic about this season actually is the way the other teams played. I thought West Ham yeah. were really poor. I thought Bournemouth were really yeah. poor. Norwich were dreadful, but I think they're down anyway. Villa yeah. let a goal lead slip and. You know, actually, yeah. overall, were terrible. I mean, they had, Chelsea had like about eighty percent possession or something like that. It was, yeah. it was like ridiculous. Villa, Villa against Sheffield United. I didn't think people people didn't necessarily agree with me, but I didn't think Sheffield United played very well at all. No, they didn't. So for Villa to be lucky to get a draw against an underperforming Sheffield United, you know, that doesn't do them any credit. You look at either. the stats. Think, Villa had all yeah. the shots in that game, and it didn't really test the keeper that much. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm at the moment. I think it's one from. Oh, obviously Norwich will go down, but well, it'll be two from Bournemouth, West Ham, and Villa for me. I think Watford. I've got a feeling will be okay. They are. Uh, so, I know form's irrelevant, but they're the ones who've been in the best form since. I mean, they were bottom by a mile at one point, and then yeah. they've picked up to the point they're now outside the bottom four. Yeah, bottom they've three, got a so. fighting spirit as well, haven't they? They conceded yeah. what should have been a late winner and and scored a much an even later equaliser. Yeah, you know, I thought they looked okay against Leicester. I thought they did. They yeah. did pretty well when you compare it to like West Ham and yeah and. Yeah, I mean West Ham actually should be one who actually benefit from the whole no crowd yeah. thing because their crowd get on their back so much at the Olympic Stadium. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and no, I think Watford might be all right. I mean, they had a good result against Liverpool. Um, recently, I, I, I think Villa will go. To be honest, I think Villa will go down. Yeah, I, I think do. Norwich will go, and then it's one from whoever actually probably is worse out of West Ham and Bournemouth. Yeah. Well, I think for for Villa and Bournemouth, it would be the worst case scenarios for those clubs financially compared to others because um yeah they're just not they're just not built for it they've they've really set themselves up for a fall yeah, i would think villa i'm thinking villa and bournemouth for me yeah yeah, yeah. and you've got i, no would, I would not be upset with, with that in any way that's right <laughs> allison you do you've got no love lost with villa have you 
Was uh, it Villa where you said someone got assaulted? You oh, yes. There's a Brighton fan that got um, punched from behind walking away from the ground. So, in the yeah. Was that the title not winning season? That, that was the one, yeah. yes. yes. Mm. Just, to, just to lift the mood further as we walked <laughs> away from the ground. <laughs> yeah, so not, that, not that, that said, I, I enjoy a trip to Villa Park on, on mm. the whole. There's a not so much when we lose in the last player, minute, though. No, no, <laughs> not so good. But um, the pre I just, I just want to see Jack Grealish get relegated. That would be my... <laughs> yes, that would be good. Leeds not getting promoted and Jack Grealish getting relegated would really make my. Assuming Brighton stay up would make my season. That was like <laughs> Jack Grealish on the floor crying about relegation and Leeds not going up would be genuinely epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we we turn our attentions then at the end here to Leicester. Just tomorrow, Tuesday, there's the next game. It's a six o'clock kickoff at um, Leicester's ground, the King Power. Either of you travelling up for the game? or uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm off tomorrow. I've got the whole like, two, two days off, so I'm up there tomorrow morning. Spend the whole yeah, time in Leicester, dr- you know. Drink in the streets. Yeah, let it weather spoon, yeah. weather spoons, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll be open. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, where, where are you watching the match? Uh, again, it's just, just at home on your own? or are you? Doing where where do you think people are going to be watching you... other than at home? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was hoping someone's going to say Gordon you, or something. You're try, you trying to catch someone out admitting to breaking lockdown rules or something. You could, you, could been, my... you could have been with your bubble friends, oh, no. or you could be you could be in the oh, garden. I'll, yeah. I'll be alone in my living room. <laughs> to be honest, I'd probably be alone in my living room as well. Everyone would like disappear off and like leave me to it. So yeah, well, I recommend the Zoom chats. We really enjoyed that. That was that was. Yeah, I've, I've got a Zoom chat yeah. to make tomorrow, but I will join your uh, yeah. Zoom chat at some point. The the teams, it's impossible guessing a Potter team anyway. I mean, we mentioned about Basuma. Do you see any other vital changes to be made? Because, I mean, the first thing to mention is my man, McAllister, who I keep going banging on about. He's come up as a sub and made an impression in both games. Um, I, I think we should have a few we, more pacey players tomorrow. I think Bernardo yeah. should start. I think there's a need. Leicester are so quick. They're such hmm. a quick team, generally. I, I feel we need a bit more pace. So Bernardo would be an option. McAllister would be an option. You know, people with a bit more pace. And, and I think we've got to try McAllister from the start somewhere. And a game where, yeah. frankly, we've got nothing to lose in a way. Yeah. I don't want to get beaten like 5-0. But, you know, we've got nothing really to... Having won at the weekend, we, you know, if we don't win tomorrow, we lose tomorrow. We've got more than we expected from those two games. So. Yeah, we put, it, we put them on so late in the game. It looked like it was just a tactical thing. Yeah. And for him to have made an impression in such a short period of time... He sort of, a, he sort of deserves, I think, a bit more, certainly a lot more time than he's had so far. And yeah. B, he's going to be completely fresh because he hardly had time to break sweat. So um, I'd like to see him play. I mean, I don't really mind as long as we rotate and keep it as fresh as possible and yeah. do whatever Potter feels is best. Um, Graham's done a good job so far, I think, all things considered. And I would like to see certainly us refresh the squad when we need to. We've got a whole week off after this game, though, haven't we, as well, to take into account. Um, Leicester, interestingly, are involved in the FA Cup at the weekend, so they will have. That's to our man, you, who we play after it as well. So they'll yeah, play next so game up since us. Could or be two games. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be an advantage at this early stage of project restart. We'll see. Um, one other thing is Connolly, I guess, whether he gets whether he's earned a bit more. I, I wouldn't. I, think, I wouldn't start him. I I'd leave Mope up front. I'd personally be inclined. I mean, Morpé definitely earns, earns his place again, um, assuming he's, he's fit enough to play, which I think he is. Then Connolly, yeah, off the bench, I'd say. Alison, would you do anything radically different with the team? I mean, were you pretty happy with the squad and the particularly the starting lineup on Saturday? 
yeah i i, I was i was quite happy um, yeah. and <laughs> cheesy grin on your gen face generally <laughs> yes yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to um yeah to, it, uh, such a short wait to yeah. going, going again tomorrow it's um, yeah. I know. You know, kind of like a, to a tournament atmosphere so yeah it's all good they're coming it, do, it does feel like a tournament doesn't it it's a summer mm. and so many summer. games in just short space of time like three games a day and yeah, yeah well, it kind of, make, kind of makes out up for missing out on the Euros, doesn't it? In yeah. that it's kind of got a, a yeah, definitely. That sort they're of all on weird days. And... They're on weird days of the week, weird times. They're all yeah. staggered, as you said. The sun's out, and um, you know, it's just it doesn't. It feels all very, pretty surreal. The environments don't seem to be mm. the same, do they? So, not having the crowds. I know you normally have got crowds at tournaments, but you know, everything just feels a bit different. Um, mm. Also, we should mention just before we go. Uh, Peter, your cat has made his debut, or her debut. Her debut. Her oh. debut. What's her name again? Uh, Eve. She... Eve. 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 Yeah. 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 She appeared on the screen earlier on when Robin was still with us, and uh, a sparkling debut. I thought she leapt like a salmon. Um, I'm not sure it was unaided, but uh, still impressive. She got, up, she got up on a sofa on her own. And I brought her into the uh, <laughs> the view. I also, before we leave, we leave, can I just mention two things? Yeah. That made a weekend even better. Number one, Middlesbrough lost. And look like they're in danger of going down. And number two, Leeds lost. And you never know, they might get pulled in. You know, everyone who listens to this show regularly will know my love of Leeds. Yeah. And, and Millsborough as well. The amount of fuss that Leeds made about the, the whole neutral venues thing alone, yeah. for them to then start badly and potentially screw it up would just be just. In the words of Kevin Keegan, I'd love it. Love it. Love it if they copped it up from here. Yeah. It would I mean, be hilarious. Unfortunately, from that point of view, Fulham lost at home to Brentford. I mean, it's a, I know, it's a bit of a blow. Fulham were four points ahead, weren't they? So, so that has just mean more teams are chasing them properly now. Yeah, true. So. And I, I actually fancy Brentford um, more than Fulham to be able to break potentially yeah. into those top two positions. We all know Leeds well, don't end well as well because they they yeah. collapsed last season. The year they taunted us about how we were going to not go, going to cock it up. They yeah. then failed to make the playoffs even when they were like when yeah. they beat after they beat us. So and, yeah. and West Brom drew as well, so it's yeah. all getting a little bit tighter there. We'll, we'll look on. Yeah, I quite like West, West Brom not to go up as well because of all the stuff with Rodriguez and uh, yeah. and Bong. So if those two completely cocked it up, that would be hilarious. That was unsavoury. And Middlesbrough went down as well. Hmm. It could be the perfect season after all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there Charlton we go. stay up as well, obviously. Yeah. So we've had our first lockdown match, and we've got a one hundred percent record from them. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's a 2-1 win against Arsenal. Everyone's happy with that. I can see the smiles are just so broad here. And long may they continue. Fingers crossed for the game against Leicester tomorrow. We'll be doing Zoom live stuff, I think, um, amongst ourselves. And we'll be back with a post-match podcast at some point later in the week. Until then, if you want to check out anything, you've got www.seagulls.co.uk. Uh, Seagullsoverlondon.com. I always get this wrong. www.seagullsoverlondon.com for any Seagulls Over London related interests. Um, you can tweet us. It's at Brighton Rock Pod. And you can email the show if you've got any thoughts and comments that way by emailing brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. I've got through it, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Impressively, this time, sort of. Anyway, thank you very much to Alice and Nicole for coming back and joining us. And it's happy days. Peter, thank you. Stand or fall up the Albion. Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.